Dreams are a funny thing. Why is it some nights we fall blissfully into a slumber, while other nights we descend into horror? Imagine being a little kid, tucked into bed, surrounded by cuddly toys and a sparkling nightlight. Yet as the witching hour approaches, you're awoken and pulled from your bed by something from another realm. Something is dragging you into the dark beyond. As your tiny feet pad down the hall further and further from your bed, you go deeper and deeper into the arms of the abyss. You could get lost in that dream forever. For what happens if you continue down that hall into the darkness? What if you journey too far? And when you turn to go back to bed, there is only the black, only the dark. You can try to run, but the only place you can go is deeper into the nothingness. And welcome to episode six of The West London Witch, a podcast where we share stories about those moments where we find ourselves very much not alone. Today, Jade, the creator and host of the YouTube channel Ghost Club Paranormal, shares with us the chilling tales of growing up in Edinburgh, Scotland, and how her experiences with the supernatural as a child have led her into the world of paranormal investigating today. I'm Rebecca Strazina, and this is The West London Witch. Episode 6, Ghost Club Paranormal. So, my name is Jade, and I was born in Edinburgh, Scotland, and I moved over to California about nine years ago. But this story happened, um, gosh, I must have been about six or seven, seven or eight years old. So when I was one, my mom and dad actually got divorced and uh, he moved over to the US and um, she raised me, my brother and my sister up. And um, we didn't have much money or anything like that. So we were living with um, my Nana and granddad and they were the ones that really brought me up my entire life. Now where they stayed was um, in the street down many street in Edinburgh. This is a very old street. You have to think like cobblestone roads, um, the flats on each side, and they probably went up about five stories. Now, we stayed on the second story. So from the ages of like six to eight, 
that was really my home, like, and my mom's home and my brother and sisters for the longest time. In that home, it was quite dark. I don't know if it was just because it was kind of the 90s or what, but the whole place was just made of stone, you know, the, the dark red carpets. Um, it just had that kind of like boxy and feel to it. And I remember I used to play in the hallway of that apartment by myself all the time. And to the right, there is a glass stained door. It didn't have a light on the other side or anything like that. So you always kind of got that eerie vibe when you walked past this glass door. So I started having these recurring nightmares as a kid. And they were more like outer body experiences where I would wake up because I can hear somebody calling my name. So I would get out of bed and I can see my brother and sister sleep in there. And it's, it's nighttime, everybody's asleep. And then I would walk through the hallway because I'm following these voices and they're just saying, Jade, Jade, and there's, oh, there's multiple voices. So I'm following the voices and it leads me into the hallway and it's pitch dark and the voices are coming from the closet door. And as I get closer to the closet door, the closet door starts to open and inside the closet are severed heads, literally sitting on shelves and they're all saying, Jade, Jade, join us, Jade, join us, Jade. And they all look like they're back from the medieval days. There's this one main guy, one main guy's head that's right in the middle. And all the other voices start to, you know, dim down. And until it's just his voice. And he's saying, Jade, come join us, Jade, join us. And just as I start to walk into the closet, I wake up. So I was having those dreams almost every single night. Now, a little piece of history on the property is back in 1645, Edinburgh was actually hit with the Black Plague. The plague was hands down the worst disaster that Edinburgh had ever endured. It's estimated that up to half of the population were infected and died from the epidemic. Dead, diseased bodies blanketed the streets. The massive amount of deaths created huge problems for local government, who needed to not only dispose of the bodies quickly, but also try to keep the remaining healthy citizens safe. And basically, back in those days, what they had to do was they built a city on top of the existing city. So what they'd done with the city underneath was they basically stuffed all these infected people underground and just left them there to die. Families were under there with, you know, serial killers and rapists and literally shoulder to shoulder. So these people died a really slow, horrible, painful death. I feel like maybe the voices that were coming from the closet, I really do feel like that was leftover energy and I was getting visited through my dreams. These reoccurring nightmares were undeniably frightening and sinister. But because Jade felt like the heads were a part of some residual energy connected to the town or to the house, she didn't tell anyone. But the dreams are not where the story ends. Again, um, I was about seven years old at this time. So my dad, who lives in the U.S., he found himself a wife, my stepmom, Anna, and they were both coming over for a vacation. So my nana and granddad basically said to them, 
we'll get a hotel and you can stay in this house with the kids. So they came over to the house and uh, the first few days were fun. Like we're just happy to have our dad there and we're just having such a great time. We decide one night that we're going to go to the video store. So we take a walk to the video store down, down Dalmeny Street and up Easter Road. We go to Blockbuster and we get about four different videos to watch. And by the time we got back to the house and my dad says that he's going to go have a cigarette, he goes out to have a cigarette. My brother says, I'm going to go with you. So he goes out with him. And I'm sitting there in the living room with my stepmom, Anna, and I'm looking at the four videos and I'm thinking, hmm, what one are we going to watch? And, and so I ask her, what video do you think we should watch first? And she says, go ask your dad. Now you have to remember, this was the 90s, pre-smoking bans. So Jade thinks her dad has gone out of the apartment and into the main building stairwell for a smoke. So I go outside to the stairwell um, and... You know, it's a big old stairwell. I mean, these stairs, if you go to that stairwell, you'll see that the stairs are made of stone and they're so worn out. You can tell that they're supposed to be a good like 10 inches on them steps. And now there's like three inches. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, really, really, really old. The very top of the spiral staircase, uh, there's a massive skylight as well. That is what I remember. That's the only light coming into the staircase, but it's a dingy, dark staircase. And so I go out the front door and into the stairwell, and I'm like, oh, that's weird. He's not here. As Jade stands all by herself in the stairwell, all of a sudden, an overwhelming sense of being watched washes over her. I look up the stairs and I look downstairs and I'm shouting, dad, dad. And I'm thinking that my dad and my brother are playing this joke on me. Then I kind of feel like, okay, maybe they're not because nobody was answering and I had been there for like a minute. And I was just like, yeah, like it's a long time for like a prank. So I went downstairs to the front, the the main door going onto the street. Now, as a kid growing up there, It was different days back then, so you could open the door and play out on the street. It wasn't a big deal at all. But for some reason, when I got to that door this time, I look at the door and I get the weirdest feeling coming over me. It was like a negative kind of energy. Something was telling me, don't open the door just yet. I'm not too sure why. So I I think to myself, okay, I'm going to go back upstairs into the apartment and I'm going to ask my stepmom if it's okay for me to open the door, which I've never done in my entire life. So Jade runs upstairs to her stepmom and Anna gives her the go-ahead to open the door and check the street for her dad, perplexed as to why she even asked her to begin with. So I go back downstairs, I open the door. Now, mind you, this is the original door. So this is hundreds of years old. This door is is really thick. It's probably about three inches wide. Um, So even if you try and close that door a tiny little bit, that thing is going to echo through the entire stairwell. So I open the door and I put my head out and I look left and I look right and I'm looking up and down the street and there's no sign of my dad and brother. So again, I don't know why, but I'm still shouting on my dad. I'm going, dad, dad. 
So I close the door and I'm like, they're in the stairwell because I still had this feeling that somebody was watching me and I'm going, they're playing a joke on me. This is ridiculous. I'll find them on the stairwell. So I go to the second floor and I look up and I'm going, dad, I look down, dad, I look back up and I shout, dad. And when I look down, all of a sudden, right in front of me is a woman floating at the bottom of the stairs and she's right there. Now she, this was a matter of seconds, me closing the front door, coming upstairs onto the second floor, looking up, down, up. And then the second I look down, she's standing right there. And she's a full body apparition. She isn't see-through like you would think, but she is floating about three feet off of the ground. So I know that this thing is not of this earth. She had long black rags on. This is how I remember her in my head. A huge hood that went over her head so I couldn't see her face, but she had long straggly hair coming down and she was right there in front of me. Then ever so slowly, she starts floating towards me, coming up the stairs. Now I'm only on the second floor, so it wouldn't take her that long to get too close. And as she's floating up the stairs, I'm standing there, frozen in fear. I have no idea what this thing is that I'm looking at. And then she speaks. She says to me, Dad, walk up the street. And the second she said that, I just break out of that trance and I run into the house and I close the door. I just remember just thinking, I didn't think that she was going to like kill me or anything like that. I clearly wasn't that scared. I was in that weird trance. And then that trance turned to like, okay, get to safety. And then once I got to safety, my curiosity kind of got the best of me. After that happened, I run into the living room and I see my stepmom and I just start freaking out. I'm saying, I just saw a ghost. I just saw a ghost. And she believed me. Like, um, and I'm really thankful for that. My entire family to this day, like they still know the story and they absolutely stick by it as well. As Jade and her stepmom are in the living room, the doorbell rings. Hesitantly, Jade goes over to answer it, scared to find out who may be asking to come inside. I go over to the buzzer and I pick up the phone and I go, hello? And it's my dad. And he's like, hey, Jade, let me in the house. And I go, where were you? And he goes, just let me in the house. And I'm like, where were you? He's like, Jade, just buzz me in and let me into the house. I go, where were you? And he said, I just walked up the street. So it was literally word for word what he said and what this ghostly apparition said to me they were both basically the exact same thing and I just froze I was like okay buzzed them in and um so he came back upstairs and I told him about it and what was actually kind of funny about that night though was instead of watching one of the videos that we were supposed to watch that night we literally just sat up all night and told whole stories (laughs) That was really my introduction to like, whoa, like this is, you know, I think that they were trying to make me feel normal somewhat. And I was kind of thinking, wow, like this isn't, you know, just happening to me. Like, you know, this isn't as scary as it sounds because 
the, at the end of the day, this ghostly apparition lady was actually trying to help me out. Um, she was trying to tell me, she, she saw that I was looking for my dad and she was trying to tell me where my dad was. And I was just freaking out. (laughs) The way that I look at the whole thing is the dreams had a really dark, evil kind of vibe about it. And the ghost lady, I feel like she was really just there to help, even though she looked pretty scary. But I feel like she was there for the right reasons. And Jade even has a theory as to who that ghost lady may be. And it perfectly ties in with the history of the area. I also do believe that she could be one of the plague victims as well. um, Because just again, her clothes were just from that time period. Um, You know, the black and gray rags, like it really was something like you would see in like a Halloween store. Um, She had, you could tell she had been dead for a very long time. As Jade grew up in the historic town of Edinburgh, she had many different encounters with the paranormal. But when she was 19, she decided it was time to move out to the United States and live with her dad in California. For several years, while she acclimatized to the country and buckled down to focus on her career and new life abroad, she didn't think much about the spirit world. Up until recently, I would say about a year and a half ago, um, that's kind of when I started going on more road trips, started staying in more haunted hotels. And then up until recently, I've just started to be really documenting my travels and investigations. And this was the birth of Ghost Club Paranormal, Jade's YouTube channel that's dedicated to her paranormal investigations that take her all over the United States and the globe. The last investigation that I was on was very intense. It was Corona, Hell's Gates, and if that doesn't sound terrifying enough, um, basically the story is Hell's Gate is up a hiking trail. So you have to go up this hiking trail, and at the top of the trail, there's remains of a house. Where the house is, Hell's Gate, is right next to the Cleveland National Forest, and there's been signs of Bigfoot, UFOs, So this place is just really hot for paranormal activity. So there's like the stone basement and some stone steps leading up to it. And legend has it that there's a family that lived there with their children and a nanny. And one night when the parents were gone and the nanny was looking after the kids, she actually got possessed by the devil himself and she ended up closing up all the windows and all the doors and setting the house on fire with the children still in it, killing herself and the children. Now, according to the official records, the home that was once located on what is now Hell's Gate was once called Ganal Ranch. And the house did in fact burn down with the nanny and the children inside. Some legends even say that once the nanny was possessed, she locked the children in the basement while the home burned down around them. However, there definitely seems to be consensus with local lore that the children and the nanny, and perhaps even demons, still haunt the area. So there's reports of black-eyed kids being seen up there, and basically what black-eyed kids are, they're more kind of like demonic spirits. Um, They're kids that usually come knocking on your door. In this case, um, they're in the Cleveland National Forest and they 
come up to you and you're not supposed to acknowledge them. They have black eyes. If you look into their eyes, then they will possess you themselves. The really weird thing about black-eyed children is that they are a modern legend. It's widely agreed that the first real recording of black-eyed children came from Brian Bethel, a reporter in Texas in 1996. He wrote about two different encounters he had had with black-eyed children. And since then, stories of these creatures have popped up all over the world. Nobody knows if this is because black-eyed children are actually a thing and are just now being widely reported upon, or if the sightings have just increased because the story has spread like wildfire through internet pages, subreddits, and campfire stories alike. So, me and another investigator, Michael, from Glow and Ghost Paranormal, we ended up going there and... At first, you know, we, we went there during the day and then it kind of got a little bit dark. We'd done spirit boxes. Um, we tried to communicate in different kinds of ways. We weren't really getting much coming through until we done the Ouija board there. And I'm not saying that you should be going out into strange places and doing Ouija boards, but this really did ramp up activity. Basically on the Ouija board, it was a child that came through said that it was four years old and when we said do you have a message for us the planchette moved right over to me and pointed straight to me so i'm saying okay do you have a message for me and then it started spelling out a sequence of letters that i still to this day do not know what they mean the letters are a l n m And I have looked this up and I have no idea what it means, but every single question we were asking, it was going to these sequence of letters. So we hear something right off to the side in the basement of the house. And the second we hear that and we go, what was that? The planchette slides to goodbye. So it was almost like we were actually connecting with a child and something darker was coming in. And the child was like, okay, like that's enough, goodbye. So the child leaves. And then from that moment, things just got absolutely intense. It was insane. We were there for hours. We didn't hear any weird noises coming from the bushes at all until this moment. Then it sounded like something was seriously surrounding us. We were hearing noises from left, right, and behind and up. And wherever direction you could think, there was just branches breaking and things. So we decide that we're going to do the spirit dice. Spirit dice are a tool used by paranormal investigators to communicate with ghosts. The dice have different letters on each side, and it's believed that spirits can manipulate the dice to spell out different words, phrases, or answers to questions. Michael, who I'm there with, he rolls the dice. A few things are coming through, like we're getting the words like goal, like come through, things like that. And then he says, why don't you roll the dice? So I roll the dice and it says die instantly. Right in front of me is die. And I'm like, all right, okay. Like that's kind of intense, but let me roll again. I roll again, die. And I rolled about four times. And in a roll, this was coming out saying die right in the middle. And I was like, okay, like now I'm getting a weird vibe. I really don't know if we should be staying here too much longer. So he said, why don't we try this app? I'm not a huge fan of, you know, paranormal apps. I've never really tried them though. So when he pulled this one out, 
Um, I was like, all right, let's see. The second he turns this app on, you hear die come through in the most demonic voice. So there we go. I'm freaking out. Like at this point, I never, I usually really do stay very cool, calm and collected through paranormal investigations. But this specific one, I felt like something was at least trying to attach itself to me. And, and then he says to the app, can you tell me her name? And it says, Jade. And it comes through the same voice. And Jade is not a name that usually comes through a spirit box or, you know, it's not a very common word, but it is so clear. If you go back and watch that video at Hell's Gate on my YouTube, you'll honestly see just how clear these voices were coming through. Something essentially was trying to attach itself to me that night. It tells us to go. It tells us to die. It's staying my name. So at the very end, I said, Look, let's just pack up. We do really need to get out of here. I can't stay here a minute longer. So we're packing up. And as we're packing up, we hear the loudest pack of coyotes so close to us. And I'm still kind of like, I don't really know about too much wildlife over in California. So I'm going, um, are coyotes like dangerous? And he's like, if they're in a big enough pack, they are. And I'm like, okay, like let's pack up. But it was just like another sign saying like, go, go, like you have to go. Now the second I left that place, I felt like a huge weight had been lifted off my shoulder. The second we got to the end of that trail, it was just like, oh my gosh, I felt so much better. And I felt good about driving home that night. And I do feel like nothing, you know, attached itself to me, but it wouldn't surprise me if some something extremely dark does live there. I did I did notice in the trees there's some like satanic carvings and things like that. So I have a theory that there's people that go up there to practice satanic rituals and you know, it's just too many people seeking something at that one location. I don't know what pardon the pun I don't know what gates have been opened but I mean there's definitely so much activity at that place Jade travels extensively investigating haunted hotels homes bridges churches and has quite a following on Instagram and YouTube but she says that although Ghost Club Paranormal is really fun and exciting the most important thing she does is help people who are going through frightening experiences. Daily, she receives messages from people who are seeking advice or second opinions. And she says that the most rewarding part of it all is being able to be there to offer some comfort and advice. If you'd like to follow Jade's adventures, you can find her on Instagram and YouTube at Ghost Club Paranormal. And make sure you head over to our Instagram account, The West London Witch, for some special photos from today's story. Do you have a spooky story you'd like to share? I'd love to hear it. Drop me an email at thewestlondonwitch at gmail.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook at The West London Witch. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And come and follow us for additional content on Instagram and Facebook. Until next time, Merry Meet, Merry Part, and Mary meet again.
The West London Witch is created by me, Rebecca Strazina. Our sound designer and production magician is the incredible Danny Cross. Our theme music was bespokely written and performed by the wickedly talented Kyle Hall. Our cover art is the beautiful collaboration between Lizzie Wilson and Jake Bowser. Special thanks to Miss Sinead Bowers, our quality control and biggest cheerleader. And thank you to you, all of our listeners all over the world. These are your stories. Thank you for sharing them with us.